Welcome to Creating Real Marriages That Last with Dr. Mike Glenn. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the upcoming sermon series on Joseph. Well, you have, I hear, an upcoming sermon series on the life of Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I... Now, that's Joseph in the Old Testament. That's right, not Joseph right. who married Mary. And oh, okay. That's, that's good to point out because there's been people that have messed it up before. Um, this is a... Is this one of your favorite? I love this story. I thought you did. I love this story. Uh, and I taught it uh, several years ago at Kairos. And, uh, and, and, and the folks at Kairos loved it because Joseph's family is all jacked up. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> and to hear a story of, of the family that put fun in dysfunction. <laughs> uh, and, and to see how life screwed Joseph over. <laughs> Again and again and again, and yet how God comes through it, mm-hmm. and and how Joseph is able to meet these hard things of being let down by friends, betrayed by his brothers, uh, ignored by other people, mm-hmm. uh, being uh, suspicious because he's not a true Egyptian, mm-hmm. and then being uh, suspect from his own family because he wasn't a true a Hebrew. He was now too Egyptian. Uh, so uh, to hear that kind of messed up story was just delightful for them. Uh, and, and I kept reminding them, these people weren't famous until God met them. You know, they were just ordinary people. And uh, so the story of how Joseph does and endures all of that and, and, uh, and doesn't let the situation or the circumstance define his behavior. What what part of the Joseph story kind of resonates most with you? Oh gosh, um, how Joseph is able to look at his brothers at the end of the story and say, "What you meant for evil, mm-hmm. what you did to hurt me, what you did to kill me, mm-hmm. the Lord meant for good," mm-hmm. and how. Um, how even in, in my own life is sheltered and is as as um, uh, as blessed as I have been to know that those situations that I that I thought were the worst moments in my life, mm-hmm. to see how God was good enough, strong enough, gracious enough, loving enough to take you know it's the line I use all the time about He can take the worst moment of your life and make it the first line of your testimony, yeah. and and know that somebody actually tried to tried to hurt you. And God was so good, he was able to use that moment to make you stronger, to, to teach you something about ministry or, yeah. or, or something that, that, that's always just the amazing part of this. I don't know how you're going to make anything out of this mess <laughs> and then to watch him do it. That's awesome. Um, there's a part in the story in Genesis 40 where Joseph is forgotten by the cupbearer. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a there's a good part of our a lot of our people sometimes mm-hmm. even I mean I think each one of us could probably feel that part of mm-hmm. being forgotten by the by the cupbearer. How how do you think this story would speak to them? Uh, there is a, one of the things that we are we're, we're finding out and. Um, uh, and, and we're finding it out in, in interviews with people who left the church for for a, a variety of reasons. And then we'll find them, interview them, and they will say things like, uh, uh, my wife died, mm. 
And I lost all of our friends Mm -hmm. because the couples didn't want me around anymore. Uh, because everybody felt awful or whatever. I was a widower and I, you know, I didn't know what to do. And so, and then people stopped calling after the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a single adult. You've gone off to college. You've come, you've moved in, you joined the church. Well, you're not anybody's mm-hmm. child. Right. So nobody, nobody calls. Nobody knows what to do with nobody you. Nobody knows what to do with you. Yeah. Uh, you're that, uh, you're that weird duck teenager that every group has, you know, and, uh, and nobody knows what to do with you. Uh, so they don't reach out and, um, and, and because then you find yourself alone, then you say, well, it doesn't matter if I come or not. And then people will drop out of the church. Um, Everybody has that moment where the world ran off and left them, mm-hmm. and and they were by themselves. Now, there, there's a couple of things here that that have been important for me to learn. One, uh, sometimes that's not bad, because <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes where the world's running off to, once you got there, you realize I really don't want to be here. <laughs> shouldn't I shouldn't be, be here. here. Yeah. This is not good for me. Mm-hmm. So it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's God's mercy, and you just don't recognize it. The other time is it is in those moments of solitude. It's in those moments of the wilderness where God takes you where only you and him are there. He has your full attention. Uh, and, and it may be any kind of reason that got you. You could have done something stupid, you know, any kind of reason. But God will bring you to the wilderness where it's just you and him. And there's some of the most important lessons happen in that solitude. Um, the, the, the other thing is, is uh, as a lot of wise people have understood and said, uh, uh, being accepted by the group comes at a very, very high cost. Hmm. Um, the loss of your own personality, the... You know, what you have to do, you know, we're in the political season now, so, you know, the things you have to do to actually get elected. Mm. Okay, what part do you just lose yourself of of just trying to get elected? Yeah, kind of blend in. Hmm. Um, You know, I have have some friends uh, who aren't married right now who... You know, who ask about every new woman that walks in the church, who's she, who's she? And I remind them all the time, dude, there's worse things than being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what? Well, being with the wrong woman <laughs> is one of them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Uh, I, I think, I, I think the, the important thing to remember when you, <laughs> the important thing to remember when you're forgotten, mm-hmm. one is to remember how it feels and to understand that you live in a world of people who have been forgotten. And maybe that'll make you a little more aware to be a little more sensitive, a little slower uh, to to make sure that everybody's included or you at least acknowledge Mm -hmm. somebody is there. Um, The the second thing is is, um, we're always remembered. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things of the scripture is how many times God says, I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember who you were. I remember when you were little. I remember. And uh, and how important it is for us to remember that uh, he has not forgotten. 
And even in this place, he's, he's doing some good work, even when we may not know it. We had a chance to hang out with our graduating seniors this past week, and it was uh, one of the questions that we asked them is what was their defining moment, and one of one of the students that we've seen grow up and, um, you know, is uh, just a, a compassionate student is always the one who's asking the deep questions. He won't let you just mm-hmm. – but his defining moment was sixth grade. He said his parents – forced him to go on a student mission trip that he didn't want to go on. And one of the staff uh, said, hey, you need to come to camp. And it was just a real simple thing. Uh But he said, in that moment, I knew someone saw me. That's right. And uh, and I think, and so he he said, so from that point on, it it was something that God had done in him Mm -hmm. to keep seeing other people. I think uh, that was a neat testimony to just kind of, in those moments when we feel forgotten. My New Testament professor, his, his first question was, who's the janitor in your dorm? Hmm. That was a, on the first test. That was his first question. <laughs> who's the janitor in your dorm? Hmm. And every, every test he would have some of these people that you see all the time mm-hmm. and never see and never know. Wow. And, and then how important it is for somebody to stop and know their name and, And remember things, yeah. Yeah. Um, Joseph, in his story, he continuously has just from storm to storm to storm, but he keeps keeps pressing on. Mm -hmm. So, one, why do you think he does that? Um, And uh, and how is that something that Christians can model in their own lives? Uh, Well, for all of Joseph's dysfunction and the dysfunction of his family, uh, early in the story. We're told that Jacob is watching and brooding over the things that he's seeing in, jo- in Joseph's life. Mm. It's the same kind of language that we have with, when Mary is taking Jesus home from the temple. Mm. You know, we found Jesus. He's been gone for three days, find him. And she hides these things in her heart. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. That, and what Jacob is recognizing is that the promise that was given to Abraham it was given to Isaac, that was given to him, it is now being given to Joseph. Wow. Okay? It's not always the kid that you think. It, and so Jacob is beginning to recognize, yeah. okay, this is how God's going to work. Hmm. What Joseph knew, despite all the circumstances around him, was that God had made a promise to Abraham. And somehow this promise was going to come true. Hmm. Somehow God was going to keep his word. And that this promise that had been given to Abraham, to Isaac, to his father Jacob, and now to him, he kept it. He kept the promise to Abraham when he was real old. He, you know, Isaac was born. He kept the promise to Jacob, uh, to Isaac. He kept the promise to Jacob. That, you know, his father was the one who wrestled with God. And how many times had he heard that story? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now, God's up to something, even if you are working seven years for the wrong woman mm. like Jacob did. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you re-engage and work seven more years for Rachel? Hmm. Yeah, because God, this is the way. So he knew those stories. Wow. And, and, and the, thing, the thing that stuns me about Joseph is if he had given up, mm-hmm. if he had given in, if he had just, you know, jumped up in anger and said, forget all of you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the dream would have stopped in the Egyptian jail. 
the dream would have stopped with Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. And we would have never heard about Jacob. And we don't know how God would have adjusted the dream. But it wouldn't have been how God would have, was going to work. Yeah. I, I forget about the fact that he would have heard all of those stories yeah. beforehand. That, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Part of that. Yeah, can you imagine sitting there? How many times did, did Jacob tell the boys, well, that's nothing. There was yeah. one time I was walking. And, I wrestled with and God. And God jumped me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fun. But didn't have his bad hip, I'd get up and show you. Right? you exactly. Know? You know who gave me that? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening in on the conversation. If you want to find out more about Dr. Mike Lynn, you can go to MikeLynnOnline.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Glenn. You can also download a free copy of 170 Ways to Love Your Spouse on his website, MikeLynnOnline.com. 